Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence here in Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer for Work to Be Well. Here with me today are Work to Be Well National Student Council Advisory Board members, Lena, Leanna, and Maida. Today, we're talking about mental illness versus mental health, and we're hoping that you'll join us in the conversation in chat on Facebook Live. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your provider or other qualified health clinician with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. So let's get started. I am very excited today to welcome uh, Liana, Lena, and Maida. Lena, you have been a guest on Talk to People so many times. Why don't you kick us off and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what do you believe the difference is between mental health and mental illness? Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Robin. Um, my name is Lena. I'm a junior right now, about to be a senior, which is really exciting. Um, I'm just about to finish my second year on the Work to Be Well Council, and I've been with Providence at Students for Healthy Oregon for three years now, which is really great. Um, for me, mental health and mental illness are very different. I think that you can have one without the other and you can focus on making them both positive. I think that mental illness is something that'll stick with you and mental health is something that you can always be working on. Awesome. Yeah, I guess I'll introduce myself next. Um, my name is Leanna Smith. Um, I'm, I'm on the Work to Be Well National Student Advisory Council. It's my first year and we're just ending it now, but hopefully next year too. Um, I think the difference between mental illness and mental health is that like a mental illness is something that's going to be like, they either has to be diagnosed and it's going to be with you or it could be chronic. Whereas a mental health, like Lena says, something that you can always be working on. You can have a mental illness and also be working on your mental health. And mental health is always changing, whereas like a mental illness is usually within a certain amount of um, symptoms. But mental health, it could be up one day and just you could be low the next. So that's why I really think it is. Hello everyone, my name is Maida. I'm a junior, going to be a senior in two weeks, really excited. And this is my first year in work to be well, and I'll hopefully be back next year as well. And for me, mental health, as Lena said, is something that you can, you're always working on. It can be bad one day, it can be good the other day, but mental illness is something that sticks with you and it takes a lot of time and something that affects your daily life. You know, I, I think that's that's really so important because a lot of times we do conflate those terms together, um, kind of, you know, I think about it a lot like physical health and, and physical illness. When we think about physical health, we think about exercise and all the things we're supposed to do to take care of our body. And when we think about physical illness, we think about all the things that an illness is. When you think about mental health in that way, um, are there exercises that you do or things you can do to make your mental health better? Um, I can answer that one. Something that I work on for my mental health is I um, do meditations. Um, not every night, but I'm going to try to do it every night. But um, just to get me um, right before bed, I'm going to calm myself down so my head isn't all over the place and get uh, a good night's sleep because getting good night's sleep is part of your mental health and something that's really good. Um, and I can't think of anything else. Do you guys want to add for mental health that you guys work on? Yeah, for sure. Um, I paint a lot, usually after school, 
like right after school. Sometimes I take a nap and then I paint a little bit. It always helps me just kind of relax and get my mind off of, off of things. So, yeah. Um, I'm a big reflection person. I, for a long time, I wouldn't try to reflect on my day. I would be a big, like, tomorrow's going to be better and we'll keep going. But I've actually found that I do better when I take the time at night to be like, how was my day? How did I feel about the way I treated people? How did I feel about the way people treated me today? And I think that that reflection has really helped my mental health a lot. Same here. So can you have poor mental health without a mental illness? Absolutely. Just like I was talking about, you can have these external factors weighing down on you that doesn't necessarily become a sign or a symptom of a mental illness. It can just be you not worrying about your own mental health. So I would definitely say that you can have poor mental health with absolutely no mental illness. Yeah, for sure. Like you may not be diagnosed with anxiety or depression, but you can definitely get those little anxiety feelings. And like whether that be with school, family, friends, like Lana said, those are external factors that are weighing down on you and um, they just go in those little increments that you might not feel your best. That's mental health. Or- yeah, I definitely think that you can have poor mental health without having a mental illness, especially this year in isolation. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's really like, obvious to have, like everyone has been suffering and like it's obvious to have a mental, poor mental health. And I know this year has affected everybody's mental health, but at the same time, like, yes, you don't have to have a mental illness. You know, Maida, you bring up a really good point. During the pandemic, we've had um, COVID and all the fears that go around um, all of that and the journey we've been on from being in isolation to now being in the vaccine world and, and things like that. But also along with that, we've had so many other things happening in our society that I think have had an impact on mental health. When you think about the last year, what are the biggest things that have impacted your mental health? Um, for me, I would have to say politics, even though I shouldn't surround myself with so much of it being so young, but it definitely impacts me for sure. Just stressing about it. Um, I feel like um, this past year, people have been really divided and that's been really, it's taken a toll on me for sure. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. No, for I sure. Go ahead. <laughs> I, it's fine. Um, I think especially recently it being Asian and Pacific Islander month has really taken a toll on me, seeing a lot of hate come forward. It's been really scary, especially as someone who identifies under that. And that's taken a toll on my mental health. And I'll be honest about that. It's been a stressful month, which it shouldn't have been, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. A lot. Like definitely politics and social justice and just CDL and just being at home and and just seeing all of these things happening and not sure like what you can do about it. I, I think that's been that way for, for a number of people I know when I talk with, uh, we've had a couple of episodes of Talk To Be Well, talking about racial trauma and inter- intergenerational trauma and the impact of Black Lives Matter and the impact on um, Asian and Pacific Islanders and, and what this has been like for anybody who identifies of, of any culture. Um, out there. And I think that additional stressor on your mental health makes it challenging. How do you deal with those issues related to, um, you know, racial and racial identity and, and uh, even gender identity and things like that? How do you deal with that and keep positive mental health? Um, I, I mean, it's difficult, right? And I think it 
takes a like a holistic approach almost where it's that self-reflection and also talking to loved ones right like especially with that racial identity you have people that you can relate to and you can talk to in your own community that have experienced especially me being young right there's people that have experienced way more than i have and i find it really good to grab their insight and see how they're feeling something that yeah something that i found that's kind of helped with me is like i used to be able to where we're all just like oh like just put it aside but putting it mm -hmm. aside made me worse because it like it built it up it built up and i just constantly had to think about it when i actually sat down with myself and was like yeah, that really sucks that this is happening. And I just sat with myself, like, can't believe it's happening. But once I actually had that little pip talk with myself, it made me feel better. And so I think giving ourselves time to just sit down, think about it, instead of pushing it away, I think that's really good. Oh, yeah, as Lena said, that it is difficult to kind of keep, like, a, pos a positive mental health, a positive mindset during all of this. Recently, this is something I've struggled with. Like, I found, uh, I always find myself always thinking or talking about this and just like mm -hmm. being angry that I'm can just, I'm sitting here and I cannot do anything. And then I think talking to my family helps a lot. And sometimes just kind of sitting back and like reflecting on all of it and just, I, you know, I think that's really important what you talked, what you all kind of talked about in terms of, of keeping the conversation going, talking to people who understand your perspective um, and, and talking about it, not just letting things slide are really key important factors in maintaining positive mental health. You know, a lot of times, and, and I think somebody had mentioned earlier about, about um, sadness and depression, is there, you know, what do you see as the difference between sadness and depression? Because uh, a lot of people I think have felt sad uh, but does that mean that they're depressed? Um, I don't think that uh, being sad specifically means that you're depressed. Like you can be sad about specific thing and then you can, you know, work on it and get over it or like move on. But with depression, I think it's sometimes for, for me, like it's hard to figure out what I am sad about in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then all those emotions, like feeling hopeless and just, yeah, sad, uh, being sad, but you can't really figure out why. And it's continuous, like you're trying to work on it. And sometimes it just hits you, right? When you're with, hanging out with your friends and you don't know what's wrong. That's mm -hmm. like different from just sadness. Sadness is you can be sad about not getting a position or losing something or, yeah. Yeah, exactly, Maida. As someone that's been diagnosed with depression is still um, dealing, with, with, dealing with it with medication and stuff like that, that's, that's a lot different. And just being sad that you didn't get position or sad that maybe my dog didn't do their trick <laughs> or something like that. But um, yeah, it, there's definitely a different sadness. It, it kind of like, it will stick with you. you. You can definitely be sad for like a day or two or maybe even a week, but that's not depression. Depression, like you said, you sometimes you don't know what the specific thing is and it'll be with you even when you're with, people that you think make you happy it will just be there with you and when it gets to that point that's when you really need to like reach out to a doctor which is what I did and get the help that you need yeah I've seen a lot of people compare like depression and sadness to blankets right where depression is this like all-consuming heavy blanket that feels almost impossible to pick up mm -hmm. right it's this debilitating 
stress and sadness that weighs you down where normal sadness, right? Maybe with a little help from the people around you, maybe with some internal searching with that positive mental health, you can lift that blanket up and you can move on. But people with depression will be carrying that weighted blanket around for a really long time, which is a, a lot harder. I think that's a really great analogy. You know, I always look a lot also to the idea that that hope is such a huge factor in depression and hope is such a huge factor in um, measuring how depressed somebody is. And when we see people who've lost hope and, and can't find that hope, that's one of the scariest places uh, that depression can take us. So by the same idea, um, if I'm studying for a really big test and I get really, really nervous and things like that, and I bet you guys are, are going through that right now with finals, um, does that mean I have anxiety? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stress. And you can have stress attacks just the same way you can have panic attacks. But anxiety is it's more intense. It really creeps in on you. And I'll find myself as a person with anxiety sitting in my room having a, having a panic attack over nothing just because it builds up and that type of anxiety isn't necessarily like directly induced, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like um, having you have like test anxiety, which is just like, okay, I have a, I have a test coming up and that's something that's totally reasonable, but having like GAD, general anxiety disorder, you could, like Lana said, you could just be in your room. And it's like, I don't know, sometimes it just comes up on you because I don't know, you saw something that you reacted to and it just builds up. I've had it where, yeah, I saw the difference between a, um, like a stress attack is where it's just like, oh my gosh, you get like little jittery. But when it comes with the anxiety attack, anxiety attack builds up and your muscles become really tense. You get these sweaty palms, your mind goes all over the place and you can't think straight. That's where it gets like really bad. And it, but it doesn't just happen once it happens multiple times. It can be throughout the day or throughout the week. No, that's a really good point. And as someone who suffers from anxiety, like that's a lot different from just being anxious before a test. Like mm -hmm. uh, it, it is a lot different. Like you, you'll be in, as you said, like you'll be in your room and you have no idea what's wrong. Like you'll be anxious over nothing. Like I'll, I'll be sitting in my room sometimes and just have an attack. So yeah, that's definitely a lot different from just being like anxious before a test or something big, like an interview or something like that. You know, there's a lot of different ways to manage anxiety. And I know for me, some of the ways that I've learned to manage anxiety include um, meditation and having some guided visualizations and things like that that I can do to really control my breathing. Are there tips and tricks that you have for managing anxiety? Yeah, one of them is that like I know I say, I feel like I say it all the time, <laughs> Calm app. I love my Calm app. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the number one spokesperson for Calm Up right now. I, 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 sh I should be like, it's not an ad, but like, I love the Calm App. And they have guided meditation there for when you have an anxiety attack. They have, mm -hmm. um, when I, I get flight anxiety, like super bad, like I have to take flight medications for it. And every time before a flight or while I'm on the flight, they have this flight um, anxiety, um, and it leads you through like meditations and it pretty much talks you through it. So, um, there's that, and then also there's other um, uh, guided meditations for anxiety on there. There's multiple that you can choose from, and that's what I use. 
for me, I'm a really big science person, which is kind of weird that that in our interlaps with like my own anxiety. But I recently had a panic attack getting my second vaccine. I'm really terrible with needles, but I needed to do my part and I was prepared. And so I will sit wherever I am and I'll say, well, what are my feet touching? My Right now they're touching carpet and that carpet is made of like some sort of cloth, which is an organic material. So maybe that came from a sheep and then I'll work my way back and suddenly I'm at the core of the earth. And by the time I'm there, I'm fine. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's my favorite. I've done it with everything. Maida, how about you? What's your favorite go-to? Um, I use a Calm app too, and I'm also <laughs> getting professional help. To, so yeah, those two are my big, big things. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the, the idea of professional help. How do you know when to go see a therapist? How do you know? Um, and, and I don't know, um, who, you know, if anybody's been to therapy or, or, you know, I, I used to do therapy a, a lot. And, uh, how do you know when you need to go see somebody? I know for me, how I know, but I'm curious how, you know, for, um, me, uh, for me, it was been like, it's really started getting out of hand and like, I just couldn't figure out like what was wrong. And that was like the moment. And like, I just like, I just like, wanted to talk to someone mm -hmm. who was like not my friend or like not in my family like someone outside of my family and like friend group like someone knew like someone who would understand that what i'm going through mm -hmm. yeah that was that was the moment and as someone who's been in therapy for over a year it's been helpful and yeah the point where i went into um therapy is like we know so like the simple tips and tricks that people give you for your mental health just aren't working like mm -hmm. um i went to therapy for um depression and actually um add because ed has a lot of other symptoms that like social wise that you have to deal with and um those simple tips and tricks where people were like oh just focus liana those didn't really help or um mm -hmm. telling people telling you to like not overreact over a text like that's those were like the simple tips and tricks that I couldn't really take from friends or family, and that's when mm -hmm. I noticed like I need to get into therapy. And getting into therapy, um, I I feel like I should just say it to other people: it's going to be tricky. Like your first therapist, it may not be the best fit for you. Um, I have had to go through three therapists to finally find my fit, um, and I just recently. Not graduated, but um, <laughs> um, I'm not doing therapy anymore. And so, yeah, just when you when the people around you can't really help you to the point where you need it, um, that's probably when you need to get into it. Um, I have a little bit of a different answer because I started therapy right after a life-threatening event due to my own mental health, and that was really stressful. And while I was at that place when I felt like people couldn't help me, I should have gone earlier. So I would say, if you even have the inkling, if you would love to talk to somebody, if you think there's something going on, don't wait for a sign like I did. I would never recommend that. I, everybody needs therapy in my book. And I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to go. Um, that is a very good point. I, I kind of like try to hide my emotions and what I was going through for like over six months and I because I was just I just kind of felt ashamed I was like no I didn't want to tell anyone that I, I want to go to therapy or like that I need it and then after like 
seven to eight months when I was at a point where I was like, I really, really need this to survive. So then that was the point where I went to therapy. And then as Leanna said that you're not gonna get, like find your person on the first try. Like recently I found a therapist who's really good. And like, and it's like my third or fourth one, I think. So yeah, it's, it's gonna take a while. Yeah, I can kind of bandwagon off of that. We have a question that's how do classmates respond when they understand you're struggling with mental health issues? And I, th I was really scared when I was going to tell my friends that I was in therapy because, like you said, it feels very personal. And like you're saying, like, there's something really wrong with me. Right. But there never is. And I was nervous at first, but my friends are great with it. My classmates are great. My people know that I'm in therapy and I have come up to me and asked me to ask my therapist questions because they're too scared. And I've kind of been, become a little reporter. So my therapist is answering enough questions for my whole high school now. And she's amazing. Yeah, I remember being in the car with Landon. We just talked about how our therapy yeah. was going. And yeah, it's something that you can just talk about like your day, like what did you have for breakfast? It's just like a normal conversation. Yeah. I love that. And I, I really love that you all have addressed one of the big myths that, that, you know, it's not you, it's me. It is perfectly okay to fire your therapist and find somebody who actually fits for you. That's the actual really, really cool thing is that when you find somebody who actually fits for you and who actually um, makes sense for you, uh, that's the therapist for you. And it may take you three or four times, but keep coming back and keep looking for that right person and find your person. Uh, because therapy, the thing that makes therapy work, everybody's got all different kinds of orientations and different styles and different things that we do. But the number one evidence-based thing that works in therapy is the relationship between you and your therapist. And if that doesn't click and that doesn't jive, doesn't matter how great they are, they're not your therapist. Exactly. Absolutely. For sure. So we have a question from Kevin on social and he wants to know if any of you use prayer uh, as a tool to help cope with anxiety. Um, I do. And so, yeah, it helps. It helps me calm down and feel like relieved and relaxed. But I know like usually like prayer is something that I know doesn't work for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, I mean, that's what something that I've heard from a lot of my friends that it doesn't work for them. But I know for me it works. Um, personally, I'm not religious, so um, I don't take part in prayers. Well, I know for me, um, I've used, um, I did a lot of work early in my career uh, with folks who, uh, with Native American individuals and with, with youth who a large part of what we did in residential care was learning about heritage and traditions and prayers, a large part of that and learning about the importance of um, ritual and the importance of rituals of, of different types of things, which can be very, very, very calming uh, and very much a, a great tool for dealing with anxiety. I appreciate that. Um, you know, if you have a friend who you think might have a mental illness or might be struggling with a mental health condition, what, how do you reach out to them? How do you talk to them? Um, I would recommend empathy is my biggest. I think it's never the right idea to walk up to like Leanna and be like, hey, Leanna, I bet you have anxiety. Time to see a therapist. That's never going to work. And personally, I would be pretty offended if somebody came up and said that to me. Yeah. I found the most successful way to get people to maybe see a therapist or reach out is explain your own story, right? If mm -hmm. I say, I'm in therapy, I love it. It's helped me with this, this, and this. 
would you be interested in that or would that help you or what do you what do you think and i've actually gotten some of my friends to go to therapy through my own experiences and it's one of my proudest achievements i feel like how i would take it on is if it happened to be something similar that we were experiencing, I'll, I would probably talk about my experience. Like, no, recently I've just been having like a lot of panic attacks or when this happened, da 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 happened and maybe I can't focus as much. And if they begin to like agree with me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then say like, oh, maybe those are like signs of um, something, something, maybe you can talk to your doctor and that doctor doctor the next time that you see them or reach out to a professional and that's why I would kind of bring it on to kind of like ease it in um whereas just being like you should go see a doctor like right now <laughs> to be more kind of like lenient on them um I never had to do it before but if I do I'll probably be like you know start with talking about me and kind of telling my story and like telling them hey like it's totally okay and also like just make them feel comfortable and not judged and yep mm -hmm. so i know for many of our listeners they don't know where to go to get started do you have some go-to online mental health resources that could help our listeners get get started and maybe you know if we've spurred anybody to seek on their journey for their own mental health aside from the call map we heard about the call map <laughs> Um, I think if you, if you need immediate help and you're a teen, I would recommend Youthline or Teenline. There's a bunch of crisis lines available. We have a little card that always pops up when we talk about it. Um, at schools, there's usually a counselor or a therapist you can reach out to, but oftentimes even talking to your doctor, you're like, yeah, there it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it never fails. Just talking to your primary doctor can help you. Yeah. Um, at our school, we have like a separate room um, for people and like the therapist and social worker. So with our school, like I'd recommend that like to my friends, like, hey, reach out to them because they can help you. Yeah. And you can also if your school has a um, what's it called? A the health centers or it's like a mini doctor's oh. office. I can't remember what those like the actual word yeah. is called. Um, if you have a school health center, you can go to there um, because I know personally that counselors are really busy. They're busy with schedules and just getting their students in the right place. So um, if you need immediate help, going to counselor is totally fine. But if you're looking for like actual serious help, definitely go to a health center or um, reach out to a doctor. Well, and I'm going to remind everybody that there's a bunch of great online resources at our website at www.worktobewell.org. That's work, the number two, bewell.org, where we have a lot of different resources designed especially for teens and youth and parents and educators. Uh, and they're all free and they're all available for you. So as we close up our time together today, I want to ask you all one more question. Why is it important to talk about your mental health? definitely just normalize it because we always talk about like oh my god i had this crazy flu the other the other week and like if i were to say that in front of like uh my friends they'd be like oh yeah i've had that before and it's just a normal conversation um and then we also we'll talking about how like oh my god i had a panic attack the other day and talk about how we dealt with it and when we talk about how we dealt with things then we can also help with other people and definitely talk about like the healthy ways that you dealt with it 
for sure. <laughs> Maybe that would be good too. Um, and yeah. I think, um, like Lana said, it's the normalization. And I think a great example of that is our own work to be well counsel, right? We have one of the most mentally healthy groups in like what I think is the world. We have amazing fun together. Leanna and I, like I've said, we've talked about our therapists. Yeah. Leanna has gone through multiple therapists talking to me and it's been amazing. And I think that bringing that outside of work to be well is something we're really passionate about. So I would encourage people listening to talk about it. Just open up, talk about your experiences, talk about therapy. It can never go wrong. And if it does, those definitely aren't the right people for you. Yeah, definitely what Leanna and Lena said that normalizing it and just starting that conversation. I mean, in, mostly in schools, there's still like a lot of stigma around it and people don't feel comfortable talking about it. So definitely for that, like normalizing it could just telling people that it, if you have a mental illness, it doesn't make you different from anybody else. It's like totally okay. Well, I want to thank you, Maida, Lena, and Leanna. I really want to thank you for joining me, for your honesty, for your vulnerability. And I also want to thank everybody listening and for the questions that came in today. Um, if you're looking for help with anxiety, depression, or anything else like that, please visit our website at providence.org for resources, especially I love the suggestion of going to your primary care provider. At providence, we've got behavioral health providers in all of our primary care clinics and we're ready to see you and talk about your mental health for parents teachers and youth please visit visit us at worktobewell.org that's work the number two bewell.org and don't forget applications for next year's national student advisory council are going to be on our website soon so if you'd like to join these fabulous fabulous teens in working on breaking down stigma and talking openly about mental health We'd love to see you too. Have a great day, everybody, and be well.